0: At the center, as we come together, we are clothed in His righteousness. Uh, In both passages, it talks about being clothed in white. It's His righteousness that we are clothed in, but His righteousness doesn't take away our ethnicities, does it? His righteousness doesn't take away the the beauty of who He's created us to be as people from various nations and tribes and languages. Those those differences and beauties are still there, even in eternity. So there, there's something there's something very precious and very and very beautiful and very powerful about how the Lord brings us together. And that's what I want to talk about today uh, in in reconciliation. When the uh, past year and a half, uh, a couple years, uh, Sarah and I were in Uganda. Uh, we, we came back in November and uh, we were there serving with a ministry that had been there for 20, 20 something years and this ministry was born out of a war that happened in the, in, uh, the Luero Triangle area of Uganda. And uh, so the, the ministry started focusing on orphans and vulnerable kids who's, who had lost parents in the war. And then it, it, over over the years, it grew to much more than that. Uh, it, grew, it grew as a church and grew as ministry working uh, in, in that area and now beyond uh, the Luero area. And uh, so... It, Back in the nineties there was this uh, there was this army of individuals led by a guy named joseph Coney the lord's resistance army i don 't know if you've heard of him, but they they were wreaking havoc up in the north and uh the, they they had a have a bizarre philosophy uh and but really no point other than violence and i and i I want to limit what I share just because of the the younger audience here uh but he he and his army brought devastation in the north uh, of Uganda. And uh, the, this, this group of, of people at New Hope uh, that included children who are growing into young adulthood, who, who had been orphans and now had family at, at New Hope. So the ministry as a whole said we need to, we need to go to the north and, and, and help our brothers and sisters in the north. So they started putting together, uh, and, and, and again, not, not out of a place of extreme wealth, but out of a place of need. They themselves said, we want to give of what we have, and then go up there ourselves and minister to the, to the people who, who were uh, just being devastated in these, in these refugee areas. Uh, and so as they were preparing to, to go, they, had, they, had a, they were having a couple of prayer meetings prior to, to heading north, and at one of the, the prayer meetings, uh, one of the young men uh, stood up and said, I can't do this. He said, these people that we're going to are, the, are from the tribes that killed our parents. And, and, and with what I have in my heart, I can't, I can't go there right now because of the anger that I have for those people. And, and, and in his pain and, and in his anger, he responded to what he knew the Lord was calling him to and he, and he repented. And, a, and as a result of his repentance, there, there was a move that happened at New Hope of, of people from tribes who had been hurt, whose lives had been destroyed, repenting themselves for their anger and for their bitterness. For saying, Jesus, we don't know how to do this, but we forgive them. We choose from our hearts to forgive them Would you bring healing and wholeness to us and he began working in their hearts and so in that spirit and and with that revival happening among among this people they went to the north and they in the midst of loving on the people who were being who were experiencing severe devastation look it up the lord's resistance army if you've not heard of it they're, they're still operating i think in the Congo right now with 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 less less of a force but still there uh, they went to the north, and, and, the re, and the revival that the Lord was bringing about in their hearts spread among the people who were, who were fleeing for their lives as refugees. Their lives are being torn apart, yet life through the power of the gospel was happening amidst these people who, whose lives had all been devastated, and, and yet the Lord was bringing about reconciliation, and He was bringing about salvation in the context of war. It's beautiful. That's what, the, that's what the Lord is doing. And, and yes, we are walking through a, a unique season, even, even in America right now, with reconciliation being right at the forefront of what the Lord is wanting to do in and in, uh, in among our communities. And I want to say that Jesus brings transformation. The gospel bring, brings transformation in our hearts and in our lives as we relate to each other. god created us god created adam and eve he created man and woman for relationship he created us in his image and he created us for relationship with him and with each other and and, and when we see sin entering into the world in genesis 3 there is, there is a, a, a barrier, a break in relationship. There's a barrier in relationship to the Lord because He is holy, He is pure, He is wholly righteous. And because of, because of man's choice to rebel against God, to, to choose to go our own way, there's there's barrier in relationship. but there's also a barrier in relationship on a horizontal level between man. And, and we see that we see that, the, the fruit of that. Uh, in Cain and Abel's relationship, right, where where Cain, out of jealousy and out of the hardness of his heart, in 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 uh, in relationship to the Lord, but because we see his offerings not being received uh, by the Lord, but then also we see that 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 jealousy and that and that anger, that bitterness, as he kills his brother uh, Abel, and, and and from then on we see we see this building of barriers of of Division in man, and one thing I want to say, going back to God creating us in His image, in reality, there is one race, and and I and I know, and I know in the context of of talking about racism, I I totally follow that, and I don't have any problem with that. But I just want to say again that there is one race, and and God made man and woman in His image, and and there are there are different expressions of. God in the way that he's created us uh, yet there is we are one we are one and and so when you when when you talk about this race or that race or this race over here in some ways I feel like that is a a result of our sin because in reality we, we we've all been created in the image of God and we are equally loved and equally valuable in his eyes So at the tower, sorry, at the at the Tower of Babel, we see we see a a a, a culture of people where ethnically and uh, language-wise there is no division yet. We don't see division happening. Relation, relationship, we know division is happening because because of uh, of sin, but but culturally we don't see any division, and, and they decide, hey, we're going to build this tower. And why, why did they say that they want to build this tower? Does anybody remember that from that path passage? What, what's, the, what's the point of, of building that tower? Building a tower to heaven. And if we, if we can do this, we're going to make a name for ourselves. Make a name for who? Make a name for ourselves. We're going to, we're going to make a name for ourselves in this. And, and and I think this is super super important because where man is at the center, where 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 we have put ourselves at the at the center of defining what is good and wanting to be wanting to receive glory and wanting to receive approval and wanting the right to say what is right and what is wrong. When we put ourselves at the middle, uh, a couple of things happen. We we dishonor God. Uh, and, and again, relationship was broken with, with, within him. But, it, but in the context of, of us rebelling against God and putting ourselves at the center of, of life, uh, there's also a division in relationship. And I know I'm repeating myself, but I really want to really hit this hard. And what happens? There, there is a very distinct division that happens, and God is a part of that. Uh, he confuses their languages, uh, and, 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 the, and there's a major dispersion of, of people at that point from, from that center in it, uh, where they're building the tower. And I believe that that is, that is a, an evidence, an expression of what happens when people rebel against God, uh, that relationships are torn apart and people are divided uh, because of that. I want to stay in Genesis for just a couple minutes longer. When when God is calling Abram, uh, God calls Abram to be the father of Israel, uh, and and really He calls him and says, "You're not just going to be the father of Israel, but you're going to be the father of many nations." Uh, and in the covenant that that God makes with Abram, and then He changes His name to Abraham, He He says, "I'm going to bless you. Uh, I'm going to give. I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to give you." Uh, a, a posterity uh, that's that 's going to be more than, than the number of the uh, stars in the sky and more of the sand of the seashore but i 'm going but through you i 'm going to bless all nations. The Lord had a plan even as he 's calling uh, Abraham uh, and, and, and calling Israel to himself to be an expression to the nations of who he is he He is declaring his love for The world and saying that that Jesus who is the the fruition the culmination of this blessing to all peoples in Jesus the world is going to be reconciled not just to him but to each other and 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 something that's very very unique about uh, Israel as they journey as they journey through their uh, relationship with the Lord it's a very up-and-down journey They 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 continually rebel against him but something that's very unique about uh, God's covenant with Israel that's very distinct from all the other nations that, that, that are around them is that the fact that, that all men are created in God's image and that all men are equally valuable before God puts all men on the same on, on, on equal footing. And whereas the nations that surrounded Israel and, and Israel didn't live this out like the Lord wanted them to, right? But this was God's intention. But the, the, the nations uh, surrounding Israel, their, their, their whole paradigms of, of tribes and nations were built to establish superiority, to, uh, to establish elite lines uh, of, of leadership so that those in power could oppress and exploit those who aren't in power, and 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 we see that we see that in in our cultures, even even in America, we see this happening of of those who are in power trying to establish superiority, uh, try to establish why they are elite and should control things, and it beca- ends up becoming for their own benefit and for their own glory, and 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 that that's something that is is it should not be and and in god's design for the people in the covenant that he established with with israel uh, was to reflect that all men are created in, in his image and and regardless of ethnicity culture and lineage uh, they they are loved by god and are invited to be a part of his a part of his family uh, I, I, I would love to, uh, to even flesh that out in the Old Testament, in the Law and in the Prophets, God's invitation to those who are outside of, uh, of, of Israel. Uh, but we're not going to go down that, that road. I, re- I want to I uh, skip over to Ephesians and, and make Ephesians the, the text that we hang out in for the rest of this time to talk about how Jesus brings reconciliation. And it, and it really is Jesus. Who 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 lives uh, lives it out in his life and then calls us to reconciliation. And uh, where I want to where I want to read from now is in Ephesians two. And uh, I'm going to start in verse eleven. I'm going to read I'm going to read straight through this passage and then I want to go back and and talk about the passage. Uh, this is Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus. Uh, And and in this this context, he's talking about Jews and Gentiles. How Jews were were called by God to be an expression of who he was to the nations. Uh, And and how as as Jesus ushered in his kingdom, that that dividing wall between between Jews and Gentiles is is broken down. And and I I want you to see the impact that this has on relationships. Uh, Paul says therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision there's a there's a, a, a parenthesis there or I mean a quotation mark there by what is called the circumcision which is made in the flesh by hands remember that you were at that time separated from Christ alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise having no hope and without God in the world but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two. So making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In Him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Amen. So I want to go back and and walk through this uh, verse by verse a little bit. Paul says, remember that one time you were Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision. And, And... Despite God's intention, uh, there, there was a huge gap that the religious elite had created in Judaism of, of pushing away, saying, you guys, you unclean Gentile dogs don't belong here. We're, we are, we're, there's, we're a special people. We're a special group. And, uh, and even, even among Jews, you need, to, you need to live exactly according to these specific interpretations of the law in order for you to be accepted by God. And Jesus was very adamant about rebuking the Pharisees in the way that they were putting a yoke of the law on men that was not intended by God. But Paul is saying Jesus has 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 and is melting away this division of us and them. And he says, and look at how how does he describe our state apart from Christ. He says we're alienated, which means estranged estranged or excluded. He said we're strangers, having no hope and without God in the world. And in reality, it doesn't matter whether you're a Jew or a Gentile. Apart from Christ, this is who you are. Uh, you're alienated. You're, you're, we're strangers even to each other. We have no hope, and, and, and apart from Christ, there, we're without God in the world. But, but and, and this is verse 13, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And it says that, that Jesus is our peace. Uh, peace, peace, peace isn't isn't something to be sought after, but peace is a person, uh, and it's the person of Christ, and uh, and and man, there there are so many there are so many uh, so many calls right now in in uh, in the world for peace, for reconciliation, and there are many who are who are advocating for peace. Uh, for reconciliation restoration of relationship and uh, and, and, and beautiful things are, are being done by people who don 't know the lord but the, but the, the the crux of this and the, and the hard uh, part of this that, that and when I say hard it it is the only way, and that is peace comes through Jesus in the person of Jesus. And and man, that is his that is his call to us to be peacemakers, uh, of allowing as we lay down our lives and even experience, even experience trials, even experience persecution as we lay down our lives for him, but to be peacemakers, in, in, as we enter in to these conflicts. It says, for He Himself is our peace who made us both one and has broken down in His flesh the dividing wall of hostility. It says that that He brings about reconciliation through His broken body. It's through the broken body of Jesus that He brings restoration of relationship, not just with Himself, but with each other. And it is it is through His shed blood that He brings peace. And it says actually that He, through His death and, and victory over death in His resurrection, His victory over sin, His victory over Satan, He has killed the hostility. That's what, that's what, that's what Paul says here, is that He has actually killed, He has is, he is laid to rest the hostility that divides us. And something that I think we, we uh, as part of it is, I feel like a Western mentality, but part of it, I think, is just a modern world uh, and the pursuit of, of wealth, the pursuit of comfort uh, around the world, that we have become very into individualistic in our thinking. And, and I think in some ways, this this individualistic, uh, pursuit of life is also uh, affecting the way that we interpret the gospel, and, and specifically in, this area, in the area of justification, of, of, of God making our relationship right with Him. We stop there, and we say, Wow, God, God has reconciled me to Himself. Uh, I am justified. I am made righteous uh, by His righteousness, and we stop there. But that's not, that's not where the gospel stops and that's not where, where this theology of justification stops because God's righteousness is expressed not just in our relationships being made right with him, but, but justification in our lives also bears the fruit of right relationship with each other. It's part of the gospel. Reconciliation is an inherent part of the gospel itself. When the man came to Jesus and said, "What's the greatest commandment?" Jesus says, "Well, what do you think?" And and how to, and how does the man respond? Love the Lord your God, and love your neighbor as yourself. Loving loving our neighbor being reconciled to our neighbor is a part of the gospel. One thing that I, I want to mention here, uh, just, just in my personality and, and, and who I am, justice is something that is very, that, that, that is very important to me. And you want to get me riled up, then you, then you tell me about some injustice that's happening uh, in my community or, or in the world. And, I, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm a fairly calm person, but I, but I do get riled up by injustice. And, uh, and there are expressions of injustice all over the world. There's expressions of injustice in our community here. You walk down, walk down uh, Moody, you're going you're to see it. You're going to experience it. You're going you're to you're feel it. Uh, and it's happening around the world and especially in the, in the area of racial division, there's, there is an outworking of justice that happens in and through government, right? God, God, God has created government. He even says, submit to, to, to the governments over you because I've put them in place to uphold what is right. And the yeah, governments don't always do that, but there is, there is a place for justice being, being sought after in, in, in the political realm, but it can't be the only place that this happens if 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 we as god's people want to be a part of reconciliation of of dividing walls being broken down we it has to begin in our hearts and i'm not saying don't be involved politically at all i'm not saying that i'm saying that it has to happen in our hearts it has to happen in our hearts it has to happen in our homes uh, as God's people, and it will bleed out into our communities. The communities will see it. Our communities will see it, the, and they will, they will be in awe of what they see, and they will want to be a part of it. And it's not something that's going to be perfect. It's not, going to be, it's not going to be clean. It's not always going to be pretty, but, but, but there, is, there is going to be the fragrance of Christ amongst us. When we are pursuing reconciliation in our in our relationships, I wanna I wanna read uh, a little news article that I that I uh, got got off of the internet uh, about what uh, what's been going on in in Charleston, and uh, uh, yeah, I wanna read it. Uh, it says. The title of the article is "Christian Forgiveness Is Transforming the South," Uh, and I'm only going to read a a portion of the article. But this this writer says the swift forgiveness offered by the victims' families, as hard as that must have been, is what Christianity is all about. Forgiveness is an an extension of love. Christians extend forgiving love to those who have wronged them, including their enemies because this is God's disposition towards them. God is love, and He calls His people to love. God first. God forgives first, and expects His people to do the same. The grace of forgiveness, in turn, empowers forgiven people to forgive others. The irony, of course, is that the very act of Emmanuel AME members, that's the church, uh, members welcoming a white man to the, into their Bible study showed their deep orientation towards love given that the AME de- denomination was birthed from white Christians committing unloving and unwelcoming acts against African Americans in majority white congregations. I just want to put an interjection. I'm not sure about the, the history of the AME denomination, so I just want to put a caveat. I don't know the history of that and would want to research that. But anyway, the, the, the families at Emmanuel set the tone for how the rest of us should respond by publicly forgiving Roof at the outset The families at Emanuel AME oriented Charleston and the whole country towards love, peace, and justice. Their act as a preemptive strike against social unrest, more violence, and greater racial division. Forgiveness provided an opportunity of lament. I would encourage you to even go on YouTube and listen to the people speaking directly towards this man. And, and expressing forgiveness uh, in the midst of their grief. It is a beautiful and powerful thing. But you want to know, know where I got this article? I, I, uh, there's, there's lots of articles out there, but I purposely uh, got this article because it was on the American Al Jazeera website. The gospel proclaimed through the forgiveness of his people. And I know that's not necessarily the intention of Al Jazeera, but... But when when we forgive each other, when, lo- when we love each other, because of what because of the transformation that's happening in our hearts, people feel and smell and hear and see and taste Jesus. And you know what, you know what is crazy is when we come to this table, and just like just like the young man that I talked about in Uganda who in following Christ, in walking out the calling that Christ had put on his life to minister to the broken, he was confronted with, with his brokenness. He was confronted with his sin. And, and as we live in a relationship and as we, as we come to Christ, we are going to come to places where we say, I can't do this without Jesus bringing life to my heart. And we are called to repentance. John talked about walking in the, in the light last week. And part of Jesus shining light on our hearts is to bring the impurities to the surface, not to shame us, but to bring transformation, to bring healing, to bring purification. And, and, and so that's happening in our relationships. And, and, you know, bringing something to light is not just what brings us freedom, right? Just talking about it doesn't necessarily bring forgiveness or bring freedom, does it? Uh, when, I, when, I was, when I was growing up, uh, uh, there's this TV show, uh, Springer, Jerry Springer, I have no idea if, if that's still on. But man, those, those talk shows where people just talk about all the stuff that's going on in their life, they're bringing it to light, right? But is there any freedom that's happening there? No, no, they're just, they're just, they're just exposing their mess and, and making a spectacle out of it. That's not what walking in the light is. Walking in the light is saying, is, is repentance. It's a journey of repentance. And man, because of, because of the attack of the enemy, we see repentance as something that brings shame, as something that brings condemnation. But that's the attack of the enemy. The enemy brings shame. The enemy brings condemnation. And the enemy wants to say, man, if you open, if you open this up, you're going to be rejected. If they only knew or if i if you forgive them they're just going to they're just going to they're just going to they're going to they're going to exploit you all these lies that comes from the enemy of condemnation when in reality do you know what repentance brings it brings freedom it brings reconciliation it brings life it brings transformation and so i just want to say as god's calling us to reconciliation he's calling us to repentance but, but, but that journey of, of repentance and relationship is going to bring life in our, in our hearts and in, and in our relationships with each other. So, so I, I believe the Lord is saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of walking in the light. And don't even be afraid of conflict. I grew, I grew up in a family that was very conflict-averse. And, and coming into marriage, I had no idea how to deal with conf- healthy, uh, conflict in a healthy way. But you know what? Dealing with a conflict in a healthy way, with Jesus at the center, it brings more in intimacy. It brings, it brings deeper relationship. The Lord is calling us to deeper relationship, not just with Himself, but with each other. So I, I want to I wanna, I, I wanna begin inviting you to, re, to respond here. Uh, and we're going to respond in a, in a couple of ways. Uh, and the band can come on down and, and start playing. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna uh, share in communion together here in a bit. Uh, but before we do, I want to invite you to do something, and, and that is spend a few minutes opening up your heart to the Holy Spirit, asking God, "Will you search me, and will you bring to bring to my mind, bring to the surface?" Areas of my heart that are barriers to relationship. And this could be, this could be barri- any, any kind of relationship. It could be marriage. It could be roommates. It could be with your, your children, with your parents. Uh, it can be cr- across tribes, across ethnicities, uh, across socioeconomic gaps. Uh, the, I believe the Lord wants to, wants to start a journey of reconciliation that, that affects families, uh, that, that that affects this family as a whole and will ultimately affect our community. So as we as we ask the Lord to, to to bring to light these places where where there may be barriers in our relationship, I want to encourage you to respond in repentance. Uh, ask for him to reveal bitterness. Reveal anger or bitterness, uh, uh, resentment that you have towards a person or a group of people. Uh, and, and, and then also, if he brings an area of hurt, of wounding up in your life, know that he is calling you to forgive. And forgiveness is a journey that he wants to walk with It is a journey that he's calling you by faith to step out in and say, Yes, I'm going to choose to forgive then I'm going to walk that forgiveness out with the Lord, uh, receiving His mercy. So repentance in areas that you need to f- repent. Forgiveness in areas where the Lord is calling you to forgive. And then lastly, relationship takes time. It takes energy and it takes resources. Uh, and one place that we didn't have time to look that I wanted to look was in Acts The the Holy Spirit is poured out on the church in Acts. In a day, 3,000 people come to the Lord from all tribes, tongues, and nations uh, uh, who are all in uh, Jerusalem to to worship. And the fruit of that is people are meeting together daily in each other's homes. They're meeting together daily in in the synagogues, in the temple and all of a sudden the whole orientation of their priorities have been changed because of what the lord is doing in in their lives and there's time for relationship and so and so in, in 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 this area of reconciliation i want you to ask the lord how can i pursue relationship with those that you've put in my life and what do i need to change in order to have time to spend with the people who are around me, my neighbors, the body of Christ where I worship, my colleagues. Uh, Because it's when we create space and time that we are going to to come and hit these walls where reconciliation is needed and then begin to experience God's grace as we love each other, as we repent towards each other. Does that make sense? Okay, so Lord, we give you this time and Lord, we open our hearts to you as your people and ask Holy Spirit that you would bring conviction. And again, you do it in a gentle way. and You bring these things to light, uh, to bring healing, to bring forgiveness, not to condemn us. But Lord, we, we ask that you would bring conviction in areas where we need to repent. Lord, in areas where you're calling us to forgive. And in, and in specific ways that you want us to create room in our lives for relationship. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? I'm just going to just going to be silent here for a few minutes. Oh, we listen to the Lord.